0: what is up what is good everybody this is your boy Mel aka Naldo Formula One and you are now tuned in to the Naldo Formula One podcast this is the 2022 French Grand Prix post-race review post-race weekend review and pretty solid race man pretty pretty good race as far as like Paul Ricard goes it's usually a pretty boring circuit it can be tough to overtake and we saw a lot of that today but there was a lot of action as well uh, to go along with that. So overall, a pretty good race, man. I can't complain. We saw some some great wheel-to-wheel action, a lot of drama, a little bit of controversy. Um, yeah, a little bit of everything. Saw some new cars fighting towards the front of the field, um, cars that were at the back showing a little bit more pace this weekend a lot of drivers happy one driver in particular probably not so happy but we'll get into that um, as we go along throughout the rest of this show so let's go ahead and get into the race rundown um, for this sunday's race i am currently recording this about an hour after um, the race ended maybe a little bit less than an hour so again everything's fresh on my mind ready to jump right into it get into these results so let's just go ahead and go through the race rundown our winner was max verstappen for the second year in a row at paul ricard Uh, taking p2 again for the second year in a row at paul ricard is sir lewis hamilton p3 making a double podium for mercedes is george russell p4 is sergio Perez, p5 carlos Sainz, p6 fernando alonso P7, Lando Norris. P8, Esteban Ocon. P9, Daniel Ricciardo. P10, Lance Stroll. That rounds out our points finishers. And then P11, just outside the points, is Sebastian Vettel. P12, Pierre Gasly. P13, Alex Albon. P14, Valtteri Bottas. P15, Mick Schumacher. Um, P16 is Zhou Guan Yu. Um, I believe Zhou Guan Yu actually did not finish... But I believe he finished enough laps to qualify as a finisher, officially. So I will put him among our non-points finishers, or our non-finishers in general, I should say. And that would be Joe Guan Yu, Nicholas Latifi was a non-finisher, Kevin Magnuson was a non-finisher as well, championship contender Charles Leclerc was a non-finisher, and Yuki Sonoda. Yeah, man, a lot of... Lot of lot going on in this race as far as uh France goes in general but let's just start from the top so Max Verstappen the reigning world champion pretty much after Charles Leclerc's retirement just um dominated this race and I guess we can start with Charles Leclerc's retirement because that's kind of where the race actually kicked off so Charles Leclerc actually started on pole position and was pretty much looked in control of the race for the most part of the the first stint of the race. And Max was right there, keeping in his DRS range and his slipstream range and looked like he made um, a couple of threats to make a move a few times, but it seemed like Charles really had it under control. But eventually Max decided to pit earlier I believe he pit on lap 13 or 14. Uh, I can actually check that right now. So Max pit on... Oh, he actually pit on lap 16. So it actually happened uh, a lap later. So Max pit on lap 16, leaving Charles to pull away because I believe that Max was struggling in um, the turbulent air behind Charles. And that was wearing his tires excessively and he just wasn't really able to get past because the Ferrari was so quick in sector three in that first stint. Even though Red Bull had the straight line advantage on the main pitch straight as well as the Mistral straight on the backside. So Max was unable to pass Charles for the majority of the beginning of the stint and Max decided to pit. Max and Red Bull decided to pit and basically let Charles go which turned out to be the good strategy. I guess it wouldn't have mattered in the long run anyway, but Charles had a moment into the final sector at um, Laboussie, I believe that's how it's pronounced. Um, it's basically the long, swooping right-handed corner that starts uh, sector three, or I guess the second corner into sector three, and Charles just kind of dropped it, man. I mean, we saw that he had some... Um, some graining on his, his run right front tire. I think both of the Ferrari suffered from that at some point during this race, but he basically just dropped it coming out of that corner and just spun off into the runoff area. And there's basically no grip out there. And it's really abrasive out there because it's meant to slow cars down so that you don't have those high speed impacts, but it wasn't abrasive enough to keep him out of the tire barrier. So he, span right into the tire barrier and that was his race over there was some rumblings that it might have been a throttle issue like the same one that he was running into a couple of weeks ago in Austria that has not been confirmed and Charles himself said that it was just his mistake and that it didn't have anything to do with the car he just he just dropped it and I feel bad because I feel like I kind of jinxed Charles because earlier in the race I had tweeted that he was really sucking up the pressure well from Max and really wasn't making any mistakes at all throughout that uh, first stint of the race and I really thought he was going to like just run away with the victory eventually I think that Ferrari had really good pace today and I think him and signs both showed that before Charles's DNF but Unfortunately, when you're in a championship fight, man, you can't really make mistakes like that. That's a tough – something tough that to, he's going to have to accept. And now he is, I believe, 68 points behind in the championship standings, but we'll go over the championship standings a little bit later. But, yeah, that's, that's a sizable gap to be able to overcome. But if it really was Charles just dropping it, man, that's that's gutting, man. That's got to be tough, especially when you were just starting to fight your way back into this championship. And if it was a another throttle issue from Ferrari, then good God, man, Ferrari are really gonna have to get their stuff together if they want any kind of chance to fight for this championship. It's never over. It's not over till it's mathematically over. But boy, it's 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 gonna be a tough challenge trying to f- claw your way back up, especially with Max performing the way that he is right now. Um, yeah. So let's get move on, Max. After Charles DNF'd, Max basically ran away with the, the victory. There was a opportunity when the safety car came out for Charles when everybody dived into the pits because Max had just pit um, before the safety car. Obviously, um, the DNF happened on lap seventeen, and Max pitted on lap sixteen. But so everybody, behind, like that behind that, had got a free pit stop for the most part, including Lewis Hamilton, who was running P three at the time and did a really good job jumping. Uh, Sergio Perez at the beginning of the race and holding on to that P3 before Charles's DNF that eventually turned into a P2. And for a second there, I think everybody, along with the commentators, thought that there would be a chance that Lewis could jump Max in the pits due to that free pit stop under the safety car. And I believe he had a slow stop about 4.1 seconds as opposed to your normal like sub three second pit stop. For most Formula One teams. So what an opportunity that could have been um, seeing Max and Lewis fight for the win. I still think Max would have got him eventually and probably made that move stick because he just has way more pace in that car. The car is a faster car. And just frankly, Max is not Checo like Max. Checo seemed very much off the pace of Max this weekend for the entire weekend through the practice sessions and everything. So I don't think Lewis would have been able to keep Max behind the same way that he kept Checo behind for basically the entirety of the race. So that was pretty much Lewis's race. After he got past Checo, he pretty much checked out. Not checked out. There were a couple of moments when Checo started to close back in and stuff like that. But Lewis really soaked up that pressure and really didn't make any mistakes. I know he had an off, um, I think, at turn six at some point earlier on in the race or like in the middle of his of the race but he ended up recovering from that and pulled his gap back up and yeah that was pretty much it for Lewis so overall great race for him George Russell um, had a really really interesting race Um, couldn't really tell where his pace was for a lot of the race Um, but he did end up battling Checo and Ended up stealing that P3, so a double podium for Mercedes, the first one of the season for Mercedes. So hats off to them. But him and Checo had a really intense battle late in the race uh, for that last podium position. At one point um, when Checo was fighting signs, I think George saw that as his opportunity to slide himself into uh, a position to be able to pass Checo and um, – Almost almost made the move stick. I be, believe it was a little bit ambitious. He really sent that from from pretty far back. That was a pretty bold move, and I didn't think it was going to work. But he ended up, I believe he understeered into um, the chicane on the first part of the Mistral straight and basically pushed Checo off the track. Uh, they didn't make contact, I don't believe, but Checo had to stick to the runoff area and then um, – George was complaining a while on the radio about that, about that he believed that Checo should have handed the position back because he just went straight off. But I believe he went straight off because George pushed him straight off. And even Toto came on the radio and basically not scolded him, but basically told George to focus and get his head back in the game and focus on the race. Um, and that he could still pass Checo and stop worrying about things that he couldn't control, which is not something that you see too often. Um, team principals really don't talk, get on the radio and talk to like the drivers as much as you would think, not during the race. For the most part, the only communication between like any people on the team radio is usually between the drivers and their race engineers or like the lead engineer. So that was um, an interesting moment to, to listen to and watch develop. And I think that was a big teaching moment for George. Because, I mean, George is still a really young driver. Like, I believe he's still 23 years old, I believe George is. Um, so he still has a lot to learn. Um, and I think that was a great teaching moment for for George. And great for Toto for stepping in. Oh, George is 24. But, yeah, great for um, Toto to step in and really give George that um, that guidance and that voice of reason that, okay, just because you didn't get what you wanted out of that specific situation, that doesn't mean the race is over and you need to recompose yourself, refocus, and go back at it again. And eventually it worked out. Um, George really took advantage of a virtual safety car late in the race for, um, I believe, Zhou Gu- yeah, Zhou Guan Yu parked it up towards the end of the race and brought out a virtual safety car and George used the delta time to basically finesse his way to close the gap and caught Checo slipping and passed him before the the pitch straight. So cheers off to George. That was a very veteran move, really impressive um, to To witness that. So that was pretty much the battle for third and fourth. Carlos signs, man, he – Great recovery drive starting from P19, making his way up to fifth. But, oh, the story of what could have been for Ferrari once again. Um, I really – man, Ferrari got to get some new strategists or something. I really don't know what their deal is. But, man, I, I they just – they seem to bottle it every single time, and I do not understand how it continues to happen and that nobody, especially like somebody like Mattia Bonotto, who has the power to make changes and make improvements, hasn't found a way or a reason to do anything about these, these strategists, man, because I don't know what they're doing. So, well, first, uh, Carlos made a great recovery uh, to get back into the points when the safety car came out. He obviously pitted amongst everybody else, and the team basically unsafely released Carlos out of the pit lane and almost completely took uh, Alex Albon out in the pit lanes to the point where Alex had to completely lock his tires, and it was a pretty major lockup, and Carlos completely cut him off, and not really that it was Carlos's fault. He's following the the directions of the team, and I hate to see that the driver is the one that really gets penalized for something that the team did, but, I mean, it's just the nature of the sport. And so Unsafe Release got him a five-second penalty, and he went on to not serve that penalty until the very end of the race where it was kind of a mixed bag of people who didn't really – know if it was a two-stop race or a one-stop race and so there was some back and forth with that and it was getting too late and Ferrari once again with their indecisiveness just couldn't come to terms of what to do in that situation it's like they didn't plan for the situation to happen um it's it's just as a Ferrari fan I feel for like I'm not a Ferrari fan but I feel for the Ferrari guys like the fans of ferrari the drivers because i just i don't know how y'all deal with it every single race weekend where it just seems like it's always something that ferrari is doing and not because of the drivers that is causing them to lose out on points lose out on positions lose out on race wins and hell lose out on championships so i really don't know man i'm slowly and surely starting to lose my faith in ferrari that they're really going to contend for this championship. And it's going to be sad to see because um, Charles really does have the pace. And it seems like the car has the pace too. Um, Obviously, Charles can't be making mistakes like this. um, But the team has made just just as many mistakes as he has this season. So it's got to be – they've got to have a coming together and really get in sync and become a well-oiled machine. Otherwise, it's going to be Red Bull running away with the championship. In the constructors and the drivers. So back to Carlos, he they decided not to pit him until I believe like ten or eleven laps to go. And he ended up coming out in ninth place behind Ricardo when he could have just went to the end. Uh they said that his tires would not have made it to the end, but I don't know if I believe that. It seemed like he was doing okay outside of the graining. Even with the graining, it seemed like he had decent pace. But I believe that he probably could have caught Lewis by the end of the race. Now I still think, like I think Lewis would have still finished P two because of the five second penalty. I don't believe that Signs would have made up the gap to Lewis and pulled a five second gap before then. But I think that Ferrari threw away a podium today with Signs by pitting him too late, and he came out in like p9 or p10 and had to fight his way back up to p5 when i believe he probably could have gotten past check or he already he was already past checko and george and i believe that he was closing up to lewis and he could have at least secured a podium for a ferrari and those points are crucial so man tough tough day for for the tafosi fans man i feel for you guys um, not a tough day for the French outfit for Alpine racing or Alpine F1 team. They had a great race at their, their home Grand Prix today. Fernando Alonso finishing P6 and Esteban Ocon finishing in the points in P4. So really great race for them. They had some good battles in the midfield. Esteban really showed some good pace um, as opposed to his quality pace yesterday. <clears throat> and so, yeah, it Really nice finish for them. <clears throat> Lando Norris. God, excuse me. Sorry about that. My I throat just got dry. Um, and wow, I was just losing all kind of composure and train of thought. But Lando Norris finishing P seven, great result for McLaren. Seemed like their upgrades are really working a treat. They got back into the points with Daniel Ricardo as well in P nine um aston martin showed some good pace today um p10 and 11 man they were the two astons were fighting each other up until the last corner i believe there was some contact at the last corner uh between lance stroll and sebastian uh lance ended up looking like he pushed him off a little bit kind of mugged him off but hey cheers to it they're fighting for that point that one championship point all that stuff matters so Can't fault it, I guess. Um, Pierre Gasly had a tough race um, in P12. We didn't really see too much of him in the midfield. Alexander Albon had a really good result, fairly enough in P13, based on the pace of of that Williams car. Valtteri Bottas' tough race was kind of in no man's land today. Mick Schumacher, tough race for him. He had some mistakes. Uh, I think he had a spin earlier on, and then he made contact with... Um, another driver was, well, I believe it was Botas, but I'm not a hundred percent sure about that. Um, the two Hasses, man, really had a, a coming down to earth kind of race this weekend where you, you really see that you have to be really fortunate to get these good race results, especially when the pace of the car is not there. And when you don't have those fortunate events, you can kind of see what happens with, has finishing P fifteen and another the other car not finishing at all. I believe Latifi had a mechanical failure and so that caused him to retire. Uh Magnuson as well I think had a mechanical failure. Um obviously Charles had that spin and then tough race for Yuki as well. Um ended up making contact with Esteban um Esteban ended up getting a 5 second penalty for um for that contact into the chicane of the Mistral Straight but ended up still making up for I believe he served that 5 second penalty in the pit stop during the safety car so he didn't really end up losing too much from that. And yeah, just overall tough race for Yuki and uh, AlphaTauri as a whole outfit. So let's get into my race predictions for this weekend. Um it I will just uh, say that it was not a good weekend for me as far as my race predictions, but you can't have them right all the time, so it is what it is, but my first prediction is that Charles would win, but not from pole position, so I thought I would at least get half of that right, and it looked like I was on track to get half of that right. Obviously, Charles did get pole position due to um, Signs' help on the slipstream, with him taking that engine penalty, um, but he did not win the race, unfortunately, due to that spin that caused him to crash out. My second prediction was that neither French driver would score points. Um, this weekend, it seemed like their pace really wasn't there through any of the practice sessions or qualifying. I didn't think that that would improve any in the race. And I was halfway right, uh, Pierre did not score points, but Esteban did, so that one was an L for me, too. I thought that Latifi would make it out of Q3 or Q1. That was my third prediction, but that ended up being false as well, but that one was kind of a stretch. I didn't think that that would actually come true, but I saw his pace was somewhat improved during uh, the practice three session on Saturday morning, but... Didn't end up working out. It is what it is. I said a surprise top five finisher, and by surprise, I specified that it was a driver not from Red Bull, Ferrari, or Merck. And I thought I would potentially get that with Lando Norris or even Fernando Alonso, who had an electric start at the beginning. Um, but that didn't end up working out either due to Sainz's pace at the end. So that one didn't – and I said – the only one I got right was my last prediction. I said Ricardo in the points again. So Ricardo was back in the points in P9. So hopefully he is starting to gain some confidence and really um, getting a hold of this car, and hopefully these upgrades are suiting him a little bit more. Um, some of the biggest storylines of this race were obviously Charles's DNF um, – tough tough man it just i'm gutted for him and one thing that i was thinking about a little bit this is kind of a tangent but i kind of wanted to get this off for a second is um the q2 tire rule that was in place that got eliminated this year i was definitely one of those people that was not a fan of the q2 tire rule and basically if you're not familiar with that rule before last year like basically before this year um, last year and previous years, whatever tire compound that you set your fastest lap on in Q2, if you made it in the Q3, whatever uh, compound that you set your fastest lap on, you had to start on that exact same tire. And that really added a layer of depth and strategic like value to the race because you had to be very careful about which tires you set your laps on in q2 if you were going to make it through into q3 because you had to start on that exact same tire like not the same compound like that used same used tire and it would really help the midfield guys fight towards the front but now without that tire rule it's everybody's basically on the same type of strategy for the most part um outside of any damage and like over overly aggressive tire wear and stuff like that. So it kind of takes that layer of excitement and depth out of the, the race. And it's pretty unfortunate. And I was definitely a proponent at the beginning when I was first learning in the formula one, that that rule was stupid. But now that I'm seeing what life is like without it, I do think I was wrong about that. So just wanted to touch on that really quick. That was something that I was thinking about, um, throughout the course of the race, because uh, between watching the races and even I play the F1 game casually on the side from time to time, and I did pick up the new f one twenty two 22 game, which doesn't have that rule in there. And it makes the races pretty boring. Like, you really got to do all the overtaking on pure pace. There's no, like, strategic, like, value involved at all. And so that makes it pretty boring sometimes so I, w- I would like to see that come back but i highly doubt that it will i don't think the drivers cared for it too much um especially not starting on used tires in the race Uh t- 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 let's see any other big talking points there were a couple penalties um like i said oh it wasn't mick schumacher that uh caused the collision uh Zhou Guan Yu got a five second penalty during the race for causing a collision with Mick Schumacher so that explains that we can go to I guess we can get to like my race grades I kind of I think what I figured out is a system to be a little bit more unique um as far as the grading as far as not the letter grades And giving number grades is pretty tough, too, especially when you start getting, like, decimal points and stuff. So I think I'm just going to start giving out W's or L's for the drivers and teams um, for their race weekend and performances. So I think that's the easiest way to determine it. If you got a W, you performed well, you did your job, you either exceeded expectations or – you met your expectations and if you got an L then you did not or you underperformed or you made big mistakes or you just weren't up to par basically and I think I'll give a W plus and a, and a l minus for guys that really really exceeded performance either in a positive manner or in a negative manner so we'll go through the finishers and then we'll kind of get into the standings. And look forward to next week next week's race in Hungary. That'll be the last race before the summer break where we have about a month off. I'm still gonna try to come through with some content during that time period. But yeah, we'll be no racing for about a month after the hungarian grand prix next weekend so i hate it it's my least favorite time of the f1 season but it is what it is it's really my least favorite time of the year at all because there's like no sports going on no uh football and by football i mean like american football no basketball no nothing so unfortunate time i guess there's baseball but i really don't like watching baseball games on tv i'd much rather um Go to the game. I'm in Houston, Texas, so I'm an Astros guy. So it's always fun going to the Astros game. But you, as we know, sporting event tickets can be pretty expensive. But back to um, the standings, let's go ahead and get through these grades. Max Verstappen, um, W, I think I I don't think he did anything too spectacular today. I don't think he would have won the race if it wasn't for Charles' mistake, but you take advantage of the opportunities that present themselves in front of you, so that's exactly what he did, so he gets a W for this weekend. Lewis Hamilton, W+. plus. Um, he definitely showed some great pace, um, keeping a faster car behind, got the jump on a faster car at the beginning and really controlled his race from a position – where he was not take really at an advantage. So, W plus for for Lewis. Um George, I would say a W. Um I'm going to give him a W because even he got he did get on the podium, so that is that counts for something and first double podium of the season for Mercedes, so great for them, but he also did have a pretty slow start and uh, made a couple of mistakes throughout the race as well as He's kind of lucky that he didn't make any contact with Checo with that move, um, but he made it work, so can't really fault it too much. So W for George. Checo, I, mm, this is tough, but I'm going to have to give him an L. I don't think he was on the pace of Max at all this weekend. or It's not even a think matter. It's basically he wasn't on the pace at all of Max this weekend. Couldn't get past or keep the mercedes behind in a faster car didn't his tires really weren't working well it doesn't really seem like the car is moving in his direction or even in a direction that he can really take advantage of it seems like it's moving much more in max's direction but there's no real way of knowing that but based on his performance i think that um he said he deserves a L for this weekend carlos signs w um recovering from p19 to p5 is a really good result and i believe that it could have been higher without uh the ferrari blunders with the strategy once again so yeah fernando alonso w plus i think that he really exceeded expectations i didn't think that alpine were going to be this quick throughout the race. But he showed some really good pace, did some really good racing, nice clean stuff, so can't fault it. Lando Norris, W, um, really fought his own race, was kind of in an Alpine sandwich for most of the race. Um, Couldn't really get, didn't really have the pace that Fernando had throughout the race, but overall a good result to be in the top seven. And he's been pretty consistent this year as far as his race pace uh we all know he's a super quick qualifier but um you got to get those race points on sunday cuz that's when it counts esteban ocon w um had a really solid race uh he was kind of teetering on wl status i got to give him a w cuz he got points but um that move when he got the 5 second penalty just yeah it really wasn't i don't i didn't really care for that move so kind of made a mistake there so but it is what it is he still got points uh daniel ricardo w he finished in the points once again seems like he's getting a little bit more comfortable with the car the upgrades are working for him a little like a little bit more so can't really fault that result w for daniel Landstroll. got to give him a w we didn't see much of him throughout the race he was kind of just stuck in that midfield pack but held on to um, points finish. I believe that's his second points finish of the season. So good result for him, W. Seb Seb gets a W, too. I think that Aston Martin are better because it really didn't seem like they've been anywhere throughout the entirety of this season. And it seemed like they showed a lot better pace uh, this weekend. They weren't too far off from better – point, higher points positions too. So, yeah, Pierre Gasly, um, L. I don't think that – I don't think that the car had the pace to be in the points today, but we know Pierre has been able to take advantage of some situations um, in the past and really put that car maybe where it shouldn't belong. So, yeah, I'd have to give Pierre an L for this weekend, kind of underperformed at his home race. Um, Alex Albon gets – an L for me, too. Uh, I give Alex Albon a W. I think that's that's a very fringe W, but a W nonetheless. I think that anytime he can get out of the bottom five, even though there were a couple of non-finishers and he probably would have been down there without those non-finishers, um, getting out of the bottom five in a Williams is will get you a decent result for me um Valtteri Bottas we didn't see much of him throughout the race but P14 L it really seems like Alpha's pace is kind of falling off I thought that they would potentially be able to head the midfield and really take advantage of um the new regulations but that does not seem to be the case at least for right now so L for Bottas L for McSchumacher as well um again a couple mistakes a couple uh has had a tough weekend this weekend and I will not grade the non-finishers except for Charles Leclerc who gets an L minus for me because you just can't drop it when you're leading a race in a championship fight that you're not winning so especially when you're going up against an outfit like Red Bull so yeah you just can't can't go through that um let's go through the teams this weekend um Ls and Ws for the teams. Red Bull Racing, I give a W to, even though Checo wasn't necessarily on the pace, they still got good points, still extended their gap to Ferrari in second place. Uh, Ferrari, I'm giving it an L to, as a team, just for the way they handled the sign situation. Uh, Mercedes W plus, great result for them, double podium, first one of the season. Yeah. They really did well this weekend. Alpine, W as well. They double points finished, top six um, for one of their drivers, and they are now in P4 of the Constructors' Championship ahead of uh, McLaren by four points, so that definitely deserves a W. McLaren gets a W too. Uh, they've really improved from where they were at the beginning of the season, and they're showing more pace, so W's for them. Alfa Romeo – uh, gets an l tough weekend has gets an l as well alpha tower gets an l aston martin gets a w for me and williams gets an l as well um, we really didn't see too much of these guys for the most part but um, overall it seems like they've all of those teams had really rough week rough weekends uh, given a rundown on the standings and then we'll look into Hungary next weekend a little bit, and I will get out of here and enjoy the rest of my Sunday per usual. Um, Red Bull Racing is leading on 396 points. Ferrari is still in second with 314 points, and Mercedes is creeping up there on Ferrari with 270 points, so they are only, what, 44 points behind that's one race that's one really good race weekend for mercedes and one really bad race weekend which we've seen enough of to know that that is a potential of happening and if mercedes steals p2 from ferrari and the constructors boy that is going to be an absolute shit show nightmare uh, for ferrari especially because mercedes is nowhere near the pace of Ferrari and Red Bull at any given track and Red Bull and Ferrari are competing for titles on both ends of the spectrum. Alpine is in P4. So this is where kind of the best of the rest fight is at. So Alpine only has 93 points. McLaren has 89 in P5. Alfa Romeo has 51 in P6. Haas has 34 in P7, AlphaTauri has 27 in P8, Aston Martin has 19 in P9, and Williams has three points in P10. Um, As far as the driver standings, these are the updated driver standings. Max is currently leading on 233 points. Charles is second with 170 points. So now I I said 68 points. So Charles is 63 points behind Max in in the driver's title. Sergio is in P3 with 163 points. Carlos Sainz is in P4 with 144 points. George Russell is in P5 still with 143. Lewis Hamilton is in P6, closing up to George on 127. The fact that George is only one point behind Carlos in the Driver standing is absolutely ridiculous and should be a testament of Ferrari's blunders and Mercedes still being a well oiled machine despite not really being on the pace. Lando Norris is in P7 with 170 points. Esteban Ocon in P8 with 56. Valtteri Botas in P9 with 46. Fernando Alonso in P10 with 37. Kevin magnuson in P11 with 22 points daniel ricardo in p19 or p12 with 19 points excuse me pierre gasly in p13 with 16 points seb in p14 with 15 points mick in p15 with 12 yuki Sonoda in p16 with 11 points joe guanyu in p17 with five points Lance Stroll in P18 with four points. Alex Albon in P19 with three. And then Nicholas Latifi rounds out the grid and the championship standings in P20 with still no points finishes this season. So that is the updated current driver standings and constructor standings uh, through the French Grand Prix. I'm super excited about the Hungarian Grand Prix next weekend. It's really an underrated track in my opinion. Very technical. A lot of slow speed corners. Very like high down for a circuit. Um it can be pretty tough to pass. There's really only one or two overtaking opportunities, maybe three if you really really have the pace, but overall I do like Hungary's track and it has produced some really exciting races over the last couple of years. So I can't wait for that. I think that Ferrari are going to be quicker uh around uh Hungary. I think that's just my preliminary of prediction i think ferrari is going to be quicker on pure pace now what they do with that pure pace is still yet to be seen but overall i think that they'll be okay and that they'll try to bounce back again but again you're already at a disadvantage so you really got to do everything that you possibly can to get there i i think mercedes is gonna go decently well around um i think lewis is going to go really well i mean we know lewis he's won that race a ridiculous number of times so we know that he really enjoys that track and so i think he'll do well um i believe that the mclarens will probably go well around uh hungary that's just another preliminary uh prediction but i'll get into my predictions later on in the week Uh, just stay tuned to my twitter Uh, Speaking of my Twitter, don't forget to follow me on all of my social media platforms at NaldoF1. That is Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram, NaldoF1. Hit me up on Twitter or Instagram with any questions or anything like that. Please leave a review or some kind of engagement wherever you're listening to this podcast. And I will see you guys next week for the Hungarian Grand Prix. Peace out. Happy Sunday.